Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. not it's mine um that's let's get into it yes and we had a very long interview with a very great person so it's gonna be kind of quick mm-hmm. get in, get so in. who wants to kick it off shut it shut up <laughs> um okay i'll keep this pretty brief i am going to reply to being like back home back in my groove of things um I truly enjoyed my trip which you probably have heard tons about by now but it's just like small things like being in my bed having Mm -hmm. like my slippers like you know you don't travel with your house slippers Mm -hmm. I should you know for those like small conveniences and I feel super old when I miss certain things that are so silly like a slipper or like a certain towel or some shit but now i see why old people be like they travel with mad shit like my mom yeah. travels with her own sheets and her own pillowcases and her own towels and all that stuff and i'm like that takes up mad space but then it's like you're bringing those comforts of home on the go so i might have mm. to um incorporate that but yeah I'm, I'm super happy to be home definitely need to take it easy because i am poor um <laughs> super poor um what am I leaving on red? Not, I think like shit is cute. Like I'm still waiting um, for someone to decide to pay for my lifestyle. No one. I'm like, what nonsense is she about to say right now? <laughs> to I thought it was going to be about the bathroom, yet, but um, literally, <laughs> I'm I'm still waiting. So I'm here. I'm available. Okay. Well, I can hop in. I was trying to remember <laughs> something really quick. Um, I was telling y'all about this the other day in the group chat. There's this spot on Tompkins, and it's interesting because we're going to talk about Tompkins Ave. It's a very mixy block in Brooklyn. If you're not from around here, just to paint the scene for you. Maybe you've seen it on Instagram that we ha- we they we it's bedside we have like big block parties there every sunday the girls show up in the fits is very black all this stuff um but this new physical this new spot just opened up on tompkins called somewhere good um it's affiliated with the app somewhere good which as it's been described to me is kind of like a black owned clubhouse where people can have like you know audio conversations um but with more with better intentions, more positivity, a place that makes you feel good, somewhere good. And um, they opened up a physical space where people can extend those conversations from the digital space in person. They kind of market themselves as being bedside's living room. And I happened to just go be walking past there and they were like, come in, pull up. People were just in there chilling. Like you could just meet your peoples in there and just like hang out, talk, chat. Um, 
it was just really beautiful and really progressive, like a progressive way, I think, to think about how we use space. Because I don't know if it's by membership, like if it's like a profit thing. It really is just like a place for people to go. I don't know. You just got to have. How do they pay for it? Like, I'm is curious there, about it. I think we should. I didn't see people selling anything in there. No. You just have to have the app and then you can go in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I'm about to sign up right now. It looks like you can sign up for free. I don't know. I'll right, circle cool. back on that. But I thought it was super cool, super cool concept. Spending more time with people um, coming together physically, especially now that we can do that is amazing. Um, leaving on red, stupid, but I'm having like an allergy attack or something. And I'm just like, fuck, what the hell is going on? Like, I feel like every time I'm recording, I'm sickly. And I always pride myself on having like a strong immune system and like a non-sickly girl. I think, you know, I'm still really in my feelings about that bout of COVID at the end of the year. I really, really, really am bothered by that because it was my, I just pride and joy that I ducked it for so long and she got me ah, Chelsea well um, I am going to I don't know yet if I'm leaving this on red or applying to it it's this new thing that I keep seeing all over TikTok you know I'm trying to be young and be on the TikTok I'm like not she a TikToker and it's this concept of the stay at home girlfriend um, and it's this trending thing that's all over TikTok. And it's these girls that will be like, a day in the life as a stay-at-home girlfriend. I wake up and I make him a juice. Then when he goes to work, I do yoga in the living room. Then <laughs> when my, my fiance is staring at me because <laughs> I'm reciting stay-at-home girlfriend. Then I get my nails done. Then I, it's like, just, they don't do shit, but they're girlfriends. But I'm like, I don't want to be a hater. If that's your life, girl, get it how you live. Interesting. I mean, I'm about to do a little more digging. To do that for me, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, because we just need time. Like, I just didn't do a lot this morning. I started work late. I went to the gym. I got my eyebrows done. I had I got a juice and it was just so luxurious, honestly. And I wished that for the rest of the day I didn't have to do anything else. It would have been so nice. I need to yeah. get rich. I know. All the leisure time. I just need time. Do you, and you have a red or reply, or is that just kind of like a That's really it. maybe replying? Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Mm-hmm. Let's see where the discourse takes this. I'm sure it will become a Lots of think pieces on it. Uh I haven't already made them. But something, I'll just read real quick. Many internet users don't understand this phenomenon. Several comments joke that these women are living boring lives. Um, Several people are now making satirical videos about the stay-at-home girlfriend. Other internet users support these women, saying that they're just living their best life and others shouldn't be bothered. Um, And many people actually aspire to this kind of lifestyle. Um, just a little brief history through, throughout women's history. Uh, this was actually the only option for many women was to stay at home. Um, mm. I will caveat and say white women. Yeah. Um, anyways, several women hated this lifestyle, experiencing mental illness, developing drug and alcohol addictions, and even dying by suicide. But mm. at the first and second waves of feminism, 
But as the first and second waves of feminism swept the nation, society began shaming women for living as housewives. Many argue that this shame is even worse for women of color who are labeled welfare queens when they don't work. Some questions we should be asking about the stay-at-home girlfriend trend. One, would women of color receive the same support if they promoted the stay-at-home girlfriend lifestyle? Because most of these videos are white girls. Two, or non-black, I'll say that. Because I don't even like women of color as a term. But anyways. Mm -hmm. Number two, do stay-at-home boyfriends or, or men with trust funds receive the same controversy for being childless and jobless? Hmm. Three, do we place too much emphasis as a society on work? And four, are certain groups exempt from toxic hustle culture? Ooh, three and four are, are T. Mm. You got thoughts? Well, I'm like, yeah, we put too much emphasis on work. And like, what constitutes a productive day? Like, Shorty did the yoga in the living room, got her nails done. Maybe she uh, sent a package. That's a lot of stuff. And then I sat here and sent a bunch of emails. Who's to say one was more important than the next? I didn't right. save nobody's life today. <laughs> Doing sending these emails, you you did shout out whose life you saved? All these black people, the, the vendors, <laughs> all, all your, you know, NGO mommy over there. Um, yeah, I feel very fulfilled when I run my errands and do my little tasks. Me too. Going to I Target and UPS, returning stuff at Amazon, yes. at Whole Foods, picking sales. out my next newly shipment. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I need to it do all that. Requires lash, it all requires time. It all requires time. Yeah. And I, I lay down at night and I feel really good about myself when I have a I day like that make where I've done juice, many though. random things. The juice starting the day making the juice that I kind of was like ah, like that kind of <laughs> threw me off. Your own juice. <laughs> Well, he's if he's paying all the okay, I sound like Kevin Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I wouldn't. We talked about this on the episode I a long time ago. Do. <laughs> I have to get to my appointment. I have to get to Target <laughs> <laughs> and spend your money. God damn it! <laughs> but if I love him, I'm just like, oh, here's your juice, babe. Like maybe, right. maybe. And I'm making this for myself, anyways. So I'll just give you. Some. <laughs> right. I make a little extra. Fair. <laughs> yeah, but that's the trend. Okay. Again. Now, Glenn, that listeners, hotline bling. Let's all drag Glenn in the comments about her I shitty ass internet. Horizon. She There's doesn't have Verizon. Do. She has like, like Metro PC. Metro PC, yes. Mobile. Does anyone have a hotline bling? I have a hotline bling. Um, my newly found religious community my cuba chat all the people Mm. that i broke bread with i'm like y'all are cool and everything and you know i was really down with the get down but now i'm back in america and these whatsapp chats just pinging all day 50 plus messages how many everybody don't have to ashe your message Ashe, 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 Ashe. You know we get the, it. The, we get it. We get what's it. What's Ashe like, in Spanish? Like the, <laughs> I don't know, like, bendición. But no, uh, that's not the <laughs> thing. They say Ashe too. But oh. I'm like, 
just thumbs it up or something. <laughs> like I come back to like 175 WhatsApp messages because there's like five WhatsApp groups, subgroups, everybody commenting on that. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't, I can't. I can't. When and then, there's like, a lot of retirees in that chat. That's true. Folks are old. Folks, are, they mm-hmm. are stay-at-home girlfriends, but like married with children who have left the nest. Yeah. <laughs> They're waking yeah. up making green smoothies and getting on WhatsApp. <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I think it's beautiful. I'm super happy for them. But it really makes it hard for me to keep up with everything that's going on. I hear you. That's, that's how that I feel about our chat. Yeah. <laughs> the group chat. Well, right. shout out to this segment. Um, <laughs> My goodness, that's a black girl doing shit. This week, we don't have a black girl doing shit, but we have a yeah. black man doing shit. We I forgot do. he was biracial. I was about to be like, you are mighty light skin. He was looking <laughs> quite light, you know. Chelsea is his sister in Christ on the fact that they just haven't been in the sun in a while. Because I've seen him look darker than that before. He's had more color in his skin before. Um, Yeah, but we're talking about the very dear gym search. Um, Yeah, let's just hop right into it. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. In addition to being the Barry Gordy of podcasts. Jim Search is also a comedian, writer, director, and human being. He was a semifinalist in NBC Stand Up for Diversity. In 2019, he wrote the book Grad School, a $70,000 phone charger, an autobiographical account of his debt-ridden adventures in graduate school. He wrote and directed the play Jesse the Catfish, a comedy, which has been performed across New York City, which, fun fact, Chelsea was in. That was Jesse. Such a good show. <laughs> the, the voice of Je- the voice of she Jessie. was Jesse. She was the catfish. <laughs> Jim also co-hosts a monthly stand-up show with Veronica Garza, Muddy Waters at the Fulton Grand in Brooklyn, and hosts a hip-hop trivia show called Trivmatic, located at Beerwax. And Jim has a new comedy album. Indeed, is it out now for people to listen to? Um, not right now. I mean, we're recording this, uh, January 10th, so it hasn't dropped yet. Um, it's going to be out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the physicals. I just ordered the physical copies yesterday actually. And so I should have those in March. So we're looking at a March drop. So, you know, this is like part of the promo tour. Yeah. Yeah. Promo tour. So it's called yeah. Upstate Understandings. And mm-hmm. so you said you're going to do a physical release. What does that oh, yeah. mean? Um, so I, uh, I look, I'm a product of the 90s. So yeah. like, you know, you have vinyl, CD, and cassette. Like my album will be, I've got a vinyl cover. I did a CD cover. I did a tape cover. They're all different, different covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can get the physical copies. Um, it's going to be available on Bandcamp as well. Um, and so, yeah, that was really like my motivation. And, you know, look, I hang out, I hang out around so many DJs in my life that they, like, I would have, it would have been insulting if I didn't put it on vinyl. So, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's, that's the plan. I love it. And it's cool to see you go to the form, like that form of the comedy album seems so classic. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and that scene like that what was that about what was that motivation to do that the same thing just being you know yeah to the know, yeah i think so i think really what pushed me to to do that is like you know in honoring of like the traditions of so many comedy albums that came before me um it's like yeah you put it on vinyl and then you know you put it out in those physical physical spaces because like i look at i look at an album like a physical album like a piece of art and that it's a full experience so like you know i think today god it sounds so old i think today when you download a song <laughs> <laughs> But, so it's okay. Yeah, I look, man, older, right? <laughs> I'm, uh, and in New York City, like, I'm like, I'm still young. Uh, so, um, no, but in all honesty, though, I think when you do have a physical copy of an album, you get to look at the art, you get to look at the inspiration, uh, uh, and it speaks to... Uh, the, the the body of the work that you're that you're listening to like mm-hmm. for example like the album covers that i have they're all from binghamton they're all from where i'm from like the vinyl is the corner i grew up on uh it's mm. a it's a picture of the trap it's a picture of the street sign of the corner i grew up on and then the cd is a picture of a bus ticket uh that you get from binghamton to new york city that's the uh, that's the CD, and then the tape is a picture of the house I grew up in. So, like, you really get a picture of the world that I'm in, and like what inspired me uh, and where I'm from. And like, when you pull out the album art, you really get an experience. Like, it's pictures of me as a kid. It's pictures of my family. It's like all that stuff, and like the liner notes are in there and everything. So, mm-hmm. like. Like I said, like when you listen to it and you read the liner notes, you really get to see how much of the process that went into making the album. It's a full body of work. I also love that piece of like Binghamton because, okay, I don't want to sound crazy, but like we're all from Brooklyn and I feel like upstate New York does not get that much love, especially you are, do you consider yourself, do you call yourself black or biracial? Or both. I could identify as black. I mean, okay. you know, like my mom's white, my dad's black, but like at the end of the day, <laughs> if if only the world saw me that way. Uh, <laughs> so, but no, and I think, but I think just in where I feel comfortable in the spaces that you know I feel like accepted and at home are black spaces. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, white people get weird, man. Are there a lot of black spaces in Binghamton? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> you know, if you, uh, you know, in listening to the album, the, you know, the opening bit is, you know, Binghamton is about 85% white and 15% you people. Just to give you an idea. <laughs> <laughs> little postcard town that I'm from. Says it all. Um, that, you know, it's word economy. You know that, right? As a writer, you know, you got to... Just get, get <laughs> cut right to the top. Um, yeah, upstate is surprising that way. Well, it's you like know what, though? Upstate, I'll say this. What's up? It's like upstate, but I, I went to school in, I went to Colgate, which is in Hamilton, New York. But there were like mm-hmm. Confederate flags on your way driving mm-hmm. to school. In New York. There's an old saying about upstate New York. The further north you drive, the further south you'll be. <laughs> Whoa. So, 
there's that's that. That's so crazy. You know what's crazy? Well, I was going to say, like, I was going to ask if you consider yourself a New Yorker, which, I mean, you're not a New Yorker by being from New York State. Oh, but, well, <laughs> It's interesting. You came from another part of New York down to the city, and it's just a totally different lifestyle down here. Well, yeah, it's and it is. It's like, you know, I consider, like, you know, Binghamton's where I'm from, but at this point in my life, it's like Brooklyn's my home. Like mm-hmm. I've been in Brooklyn for 14 years at this point. And, you know, it's like, it's funny because I remember the day that it like kind of hit me is I remember I was like, I went upstate, I went to Binghamton for something and then I came back to Brooklyn and then I got off the stop where I, where I live and I was like, oh shit, I'm home. And I said it like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm home. <laughs> like, this is now my home. You know, like my life has, mm-hmm. you, you, there's that saying, like, you know, you can never really go home. And it's like, yeah, you know, like all my friends, all my life experience has really moved to New York City. But, you know, I think I'm the biggest supporter of where I'm from. I really like, I really do believe in, you know, upstate New York and I do believe in Binghamton and I have pride for it like I think it's 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 weird when you like I don't know everyone's experiences are different from where they're from because obviously there's people who are like yo fuck my hometown I'm never going back <laughs> so, right and I'm not and I'm not saying that like because obviously you have that experience and it's like that's yours that's to you but just for me personally it'd be so strange for me to like not celebrate where I'm from because to me that really made me who I am like I wouldn't mm-hmm. be the person that you're talking to right now had I not grown up in Binghamton not had the experiences I had yeah so so give us an upstate understanding like something that made you who you are about being like because you're from Binghamton yeah like, <laughs> go ahead you go first and I, maybe we all can share something about being from Brooklyn Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I'm kind of giving away the album a little bit, but, uh, growing up in uh, upstate New York and Binghamton, um, I was always under the impression that, um, if you ever got in a fight in a bar, um, you can stay if you won the fight because you were right. (laughs) That makes sense to me. Like both people don't get kicked out. Like if you beat that person up, it makes sense to me too. you You get to stay. Yeah, that that tracks. Um, But that's a very upstate like line of thought. Um, It's not (laughs) quite how the world works. Generally, everyone is kicked out if they are fighting. But I've just seen it happen so many times in Binghamton. I'm like, oh, that must be how the rest of the world works. It's not. (laughs) It's not how it works. Did you have one about Brooklyn? Gully up there. Mm, understanding. I feel the need to. Yeah, what's a what's a Brooklyn? What's what's a unique to Brooklyn understanding? I totally talked over you. I'm not good at podcasting. No, it's okay. (laughs) You know, I um, still have terrible internet connection, so it's still not much has changed. (laughs) (laughs) You get. I think an understanding is like when someone is like roasting the shit out of you. That's actually like endearing. Like we like we love mm-hmm. we love to roast one another. In fact, I'm gonna bring this all back. I was watching an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race 
and like the older drag queens are like shading each other like oh child your rhinestones are falling off like well i can see your lace front and the younger uh drag queens are like oh my god they like hate each other and they're like y'all don't get it like that's our banter it's banter exactly someone from new york like oh yeah tim's mad dusty like you are like Thank you. And you know, y'all yeah. go back and forth. And that's just what we do. It's it's all love. It's all love. Now, you can't talk about somebody's like mom or, you know, certain things are, you just, you've crossed a line. Mm-hmm. That's when they become fighting words. But prior, mm-hmm. it's all in good fun. Hmm. There's like that. I saw some meme where it was just like, like a girl from New York is hitting on you when she's like, oh, you must talk to a lot of girls. instead of like you're handsome it's like oh you must talk to a lot of girls huh Mm -hmm. right okay well there there you go exactly (laughs) i i approached my ex-boyfriend now but i approached him and he was being really nice and i was like oh you're not from here and that was me he wasn't that was me flirting (laughs) yeah Damn, I'm like trying to think Love of what work. mine is. Me too. I'm like, Ooh. I I just gonna say like, just mind your business. Like I I I talk about this on the show often. I really do not like taking the subway anymore. She's a and now. yeah, I, you know you know what? I have um, PTSD from Corona from the pandemic. Okay, like many of us living in the city. <laughs> um, Where is this going? No, anyway, I was on the train the other day because I only take the train if I have to go get my eyelashes done because it's just too far to justify. You know, K-Town, that's extreme. I can't take an Uber there. Um, And, you know, I was just seeing all kinds of shenanigans on the train. And I'm just minding, I just mind my business. I'm not looking at those people because you make (laughs) eye contact and now... You're involved. You're you're involved. You're in the conversation. (laughs) Yes. Don't, Don't look at anybody. Do not make eye contact, maybe. Do not make eye contact. That's my Brooklyn learning. Yeah. Um, I will say mine is I walk around with hand sanitizer. (laughs) (laughs) New York is fucking dirty, man. Okay. (laughs) In case you don't know, I've since moved to Los Angeles. I'm like, you have smog. Yeah. And New York to have smog? Not enough that we got to get smog <laughs> checks on our cars. <laughs> well, my car's electric, so boom, bam, boom. Oh, <laughs> she is so California at this point. Yeah, I was um, going to say. Have you gone hiking yet, Chelsea? I love hiking. She loves to hike. I, I started fucking... hiking in Malibu. <laughs> oh, boy. And I started Pilates. Well, holy. I'm going to sip You're my green holy... juice. Just kidding. Oh, I was like, No. Kelsey's Meanwhile, I'm over here with my chlorophyll water in my Prolon water bottle. Oh, I take her, take her with you. Forty. <laughs> no, that sounds like something some upstate type behaviors. <laughs> or Cali. Yeah. Or Cali. Oh my gosh, oh my that goodness. is true. Like when um, it comes to food, it's like if you were to go to like Binghamton and be like, "I'm vegan," they'd be like, "What did you just say to me?" <laughs> like that's it. that's it's so insulting that you're like, man, yeah. I genuinely care about my body. <laughs> that's an insult. Yes. Wait, that reminds me, kind of an aside, but in your bio it says that you make an amazing omelet. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. What what's the recipe? How do you do it? Oh, um at care. 
I just care <laughs> a lot about it. Um, well, no, what I, what I've learned is, is that I, um, I like to put, um, salt and pepper in the yolk or in the egg white as it's cooking. That's like my uh-huh. little secret. I also like to break up a uh, flax of garlic and put it in there too. Okay. That's easy. As it cooks. Um, <laughs> I was like salt and pepper, Jim. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, look, you know what? Maybe it, maybe it's not for you. It's no, she's saying we though. all do Isn't it. that the whole thing with the omelet? What's oh, I'm up? forgetting why Shade is making this face because Shade despises eggs. Oh, you don't I, she thinks eggs? it's chicken. She says it's chicken. Period. I ate some eggs a couple days ago. I tried a scrambled egg. Yeah, interesting. I don't get it. And it is chicken. Period. <laughs> I don't get the hype. I was just like. You know, it's funny because it's like you guys like have reminded me that like, boy, I really need to update my website. (laughs) (laughs) Why not ask me about omelets and eggs? Yeah, well, then I realized it says, ask me about it. I want to know. I did did say that. You told me to ask you about it. You're not wrong for that because, (laughs) Glenn, you did follow the directions. Um, So like, I can't be mad at you for asking about it. Right. And I understand I that. To know. I wanted to know if you make it like super fluffy or something, you know? I have I have a, a tip for you all for eggs. Oh okay. my God. Yeah, some, go ahead. Some creme fraiche. Right. I thought you might say creme fraiche, like something kind of bougie, Jim. Oh nah. Look, man, I'm not I'm not bougie like that. Man. I'm just a regular. I ride the Ford train like everybody else. <laughs> that's <laughs> another that's another Brooklyn thing. Yeah, nah. I mean, like five yeah. different things. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Okay. What are the instances? Yeah, nah. It's like, yeah. I thought about it, and and nah. yeah, nah. but no. Mm-hmm. But it could also mean yes. Like mm-hmm. yes, because it's like. I got to think of an, an, an instance, but yeah, nah also means yes. It means no, but means yes. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Yeah, like it's nah. the inflection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. I, I can see that. <laughs> right. Wow, it's almost like we're speaking like Mandarin or Cantonese because it's tonal. It's just... <laughs> Maybe. It's a tonal language. Okay. Switching gears a little bit, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to be on this motherfucker, man. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm happy to be here. I am. Here. Yes, please keep well, going. So I don't want to. Again, we're not. We don't want to spoil. Give too, too many, too much away. But sure, right. There is a bit where you talk about living with another person. What it's yeah. like to have a roommate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just curious if you have a, any roommate horror stories. Oh my god! I, I'm sure you have many. I have some too. Jesus. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that was kind of what the, uh, just to get, I'll get into that, but just to kind of give you like the arc of the album. And again, not giving too much away is you genuinely do follow me from Binghamton down to New York city and like the insights along the way. So like, yeah, when I moved here, I was like, yo, you have to live with someone you don't fuck 
and then they may fuck you at the end of the the time. <laughs> you had a roommate that tried to fuck you before? No, no, no. 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 Oh, no, fuck not, you! Like, fuck you over, over. girl. Two out of two out of three. Yeah, you nah. got it. And I'll take that, baby. Two out of three of you got it. <laughs> there, you live with someone. Fuck when, you. You live with someone that you don't fuck because they're your roommate. And they're just like, hey, dude, y'all want to live together? You seem chill. You're like, all right. And then at the end, they may be like, yeah, I don't pay cable bills. And you're like, Mm -hmm. wait, what? I'll find that out to the end. Yeah, exactly. And then so then they fucked you, right? That was the Anyway. I get it. I was like, who was trying to sneak in your room when they're drunk? (laughs) Glenn was concerned for your safety. That. um, So... I'll give you I'll give you two uh two pretty horror horror stories of uh of a of a roommate. Uh the first one was I used to live with this dude and like I don't know, it, like borderline psychotic, like I I I can't even like I'm trying to put into words how crazy this dude was, but it's like you ever like just like you look like and it didn't hit you to the end but you like remember like what what's in their eyes and it's just like oh there's like nothing behind there mm-hmm. it's just like a long dark hallway behind your eyes and it's like okay you're That's crazy terrifying. yeah he was a terrifying where did dude. you meet this uh, individual like on craigslist so my former roommate at the time she moved out and then she was like hey i have someone to take over the lease he's very he's cool don't worry about it oh no and i was like all right and i was in my 20s yeah nah right yeah. Uh, mm. Little callbacks. Yeah, I still got the podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come on, segues and callbacks. Come on, I'll be the you, fucking. You're not new to this. this. Oh man, come on, Manny. My look, it's not Jim Jelly Studios. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, no jelly around here. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so like he moved in. Like at first, everything was kind of cool, and then. Um, one day, um, and again, it's on the album, but uh, one day he knocked on my door. And right, mind you, he's my roommate. Like, this is a person that we share a space. Knocks on the door and just goes, hey, man, um, can you shave my back? And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, because what? this is a National Geographic. Why the fuck would I shave you, fellow human? And we don't date. Um, and then things <laughs> just went left. And like, he like, he was, he would start to like, he would like do gaslighty shit and be like, you know, I think you're like going around the apartment, uh, going into all of our rooms and shit. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, dog. Like, I'm not like, what the fuck? And so then he like put locks on his doors and put locks on like- giving white tea. This was a- He wasn't. He was a, um, he was a Middle Eastern man, actually. Um, and then he, he would also like, he would be like a self-professed ladies man. Wow. I'm really going in on him, but fuck. Uh, he would, he was like a a real self. What's up? So it doesn't sound like a nice man. Nah, it's like a thin veneer of nicety. And then it's like, once you disagree, it's like, you hate me. And that's like, oh, right. Totally. And so, like, I remember one night he was, like, talking. He was, like, about to go on a date, like, first date. 
I mean, this is like pre dating app, so like how are we matter? Probably like, and that's why show. he needed his back shaved, Jim. You played him. Well, listen, man, <laughs> uh, you know, you're a grown up. You figure that out. <laughs> uh, um, you know what? Uh, we just, our names are on the lease, but that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, long story short, uh, he, um, he's about to go on a date, first date. And I'm like, oh, you're going on a date. He's like, yeah, you know, the pie is just cooling and I'm going to bring it. And I go, what? He's like, yeah, I baked her a pie and I'm bringing it to her <laughs> on the first date. I go, so are you like going to turn her into a lamp? What is the next step, <laughs> my dog? Why, why would you bring a pie? A pie. What? You don't even know what, what kind, kind of pie she likes. Yeah, what kind That's of pie? That's crazy pie, Chelsea. It was <laughs> It was, I don't know, like Paxil pie? I don't know, like mood stabilizer pie? I'm not sure what. <laughs> I don't know what was in it, but boy, was he fucking. Horse tranquilizer pie. Yeah, Quaalude pie. I don't know, man. He was a bad man. Wait, um, I want to. I want to interject briefly because you said we're not dating. So if you you do shave people that you're dating, <laughs> that could I be mean, sexy. Yeah. Actually, Shade. It was on Sex in the City. They did that. Yeah, I was recently shaved, so that's what I'm asking. So how are you so confused? <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. this is like a common thing. <laughs> I love that Shade tried to like cross-examine me with anecdotal mm-hmm. proof that that's the thing that happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. She's like, that's ridiculous. Actually, I did it last night. <laughs> so what no, do you say, Jim? It made me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. Good? <laughs> your body, your rules, miss? Well, I, do you I, know where this man is today? Away from me. So <laughs> that I'm with that. Um, nah, I don't. I don't know where the fuck he is. Um, and I'm very happy. How did that, that end? Oh yeah, how did that end? That's great. Yeah, that's that's even more great. Um, so <laughs> it ended with you know the lease was up. And I moved into the new apartment, the one that, you know, eventually became the studio. And you guys came and record. So that was like the, before that apartment was this one. Our lease was up and like nobody was talking to anybody about whether they were moving out or not. So like there was this like cold war of just like, mm-hmm. were, were you going to sign a lease? Were you not going to sign a lease? Until eventually I was like, yo, I got to studio apartment by myself turn this into fucking amityville if you want i'm out (laughs) fucking you want to turn this into bellevue it's yours not bellevue bake all the fucking pies you want here and lure as many (laughs) unwitting people in but i'm out so i remember and i remember this because like i was like getting all my shit and i was like going to the new place and i remember he was driving up in like this like fucked up like like 80s station wagon like with like the wood panels on the sides and shit and i'm just like what family afforded you murder to oh take my that God. so <laughs> yikes yeah no, where did that come like, from where did he just suddenly get that from 
where did, <laughs> where did this vehicle where did this vehicle come from exactly like there's there's so many you know this is before even true pro, true crime podcasts were a thing exactly. like, probably, this man was are, really I, i'm on the same page google him I'm like he did something yeah, yeah like where it, is he now shit man again he he's fucking away from me so i'm not i'm all right with that i really don't know um and i'm all better for it um so he pulls up the in other, this, the wooden car and oh that was it he pulled like, up in the car mm-hmm. yeah he pulled well he pulled up the wood panel car and then like he was like i mean i'm assuming that's what he was getting to move his shit out but i was just like where did this vehicle come from <laughs> because Again, this is like what my mom used to drive me and my sister around in, in like 1985. <laughs> and it's a family vehicle. So I'm very concerned about a family that may once have had that car and are <laughs> gone. And he has it now. So well, that's, that's my concern. That was my only concern is that he probably killed a family and took that car. Oh my God. I mean... Um, and then I had this other roommate who I can't even call her roommate. It was just like, uh, she, li- <laughs> I used to live, I'll, it doesn't matter anymore, but I lived on Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn and it was in one of those like pre-war buildings. So it was like the giant lobby, you know what I mean? Like big, mm-hmm. all the, you know, you know, you know the vibes. Mm-hmm. And so this is like 2006 and she was like a sublet because one of my other roommates was like, went, uh, traveling for a few months and this woman took over and she paid for like three months she walked in and there were just a couple niggas in the lobby and she was like i'm out no (laughs) and was like i'm not living here and i'm like so what did you think crown heights my sister in christ was gonna look like and what did you think that was gonna look like in the mid 2000s or the like (sighs) late it wasn't gentrified enough i was her taste i know i was gonna say she probably was thinking of 2023 crown heights yeah so unfortunately (laughs) for uh move in becky she picked the wrong wave had she had come in in 2023 she could have been, done yoga on the park bringing those boxes right up the steps Mm -hmm. right so did Mm -hmm. you keep her three months right hell yeah yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Correct. Fuck out here. I was just testing you. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. come on, man. Let's see if you're that really is... from New York. Yeah, I'm a New York. I'm I'm Brooklyn, baby. <laughs> I'm just, I again, I've lived here long enough to know that, like, I anything like, bro, like old Brooklyn or, like, Brooklyn natives, I'm like, this your home, man. I'm, I'm just here. I'm here. Like, yeah. The same. The I appreciate same that because yeah. the girls be getting a little comfortable. There is a, and you know what? We have gentrifiers, and then we have the black gentrifiers who be doing a bit much. So, well, let me. Uh, you know, like they're in the mix, but they bring the same kind of like mm, suspicious energy, and very you sus. know, very sus. Yes. So let me, so then let me ask you um, a question on that. Like what, what to you is a gentrifier? Like, what does that look like for you? Because I mean, yes, there is the definition. I know that, but obviously like your experiences Mm -hmm. really do kind of crystallize that for you. I'm just, I'm curious because y'all are from New York. Yeah. For me, it's definitely 
has to do with people that come into the neighborhood, but like they don't like the neighborhood stuff. Like they only go to like the new white people cafe. Yes. Or even like the new fancy black people cafe, but like they mm-hmm. won't go to like the old, you know, jerk Main chicken states. spot. Yes. Gotcha. And it's definitely has to do with, well, I was going to say it has to do with economics, but I think there's even some like new br- black um, gentrifiers that, you know, st- starving artists, if you will, but there's still like a level of like entitlement. I think entitlement mm. is a, is a common factor right. for a gentrifier. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, I don't know if y'all saw there was some shit going down on TikTok recently because on Tompkins, which is like, you know, there I was over there the other day. There's like signs everywhere. Like, what if that style was a black utopia? And for me, I love like I think Tompkins Ave is like real beautiful, real black. But there is still like a lot of gentr- black gentrifying energy around there. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, black gentrifying energy. I know what you mean. You know, it's just a vibe. I don't know how to no, describe I know it. What it's, you just mean, like, but it's just like the funny. same outfits. There's just like certain yes items that they uh, all of them own yeah just a lot of telfar a margella boot um, (laughs) you know yeah anyway a cinnabon opened up on tompkins what cinnabon carvel cake and when i heard about it too i was like that's a little odd that's a little bit like kind of strip mall energy um but it's owned by a black woman and apparently some white people in the neighborhood were like raising hell. Like we don't want a, a Cinnabon on this block. This is like a block of small businesses or whatever. And like, they didn't, they thought it just didn't fit in. But then there were some people, some like black people on TikTok. They were like, who are y'all to come in here and say what should be in the neighborhood? Granted the people that were saying this, I do not think are even from Bet's, Brooklyn or Bed-Stuy. Um, but they were like, who y'all to dictate what kind of businesses can, that, that can open here and add to that. Who are y'all to, to take, business away from a black woman mm. so i don't know this is complicated that one was complex well, i definitely wouldn't want it. the cinnabon carvel ah, maybe you know but in a pinch you might fuck up a little cinnabon i might fuck up ice cream cake and i passed by there the other day and it was packed of course okay? it was packed so people want it yeah. in the neighborhood people actually want it in the neighborhood maybe they didn't actually want the like bougie taco korean tacos right you know what's a gentrifier to you jim you know um i think about that a lot because like look if you look at like the uh uh, the economics of it it's like yeah i moved into a neighborhood like 14 years ago and jumped on a lease uh that had been i'd been grandfathered in so it's like you know i i do I, I guess it's like, I feel, I feel gentrifier bugs sometimes where I'm just like, am I? But I think the thing for me, because I guess it's like, when you look at like the history of New York city, it's like, this is a place of people who move here to start, right? Like people Mm -hmm. have come here from around the world to start their lives. So I think that in like the honoring of that, like there are people who do move here, but it's how you move through a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like I talk about it on the album. Like, I don't move the same way as, like, the Becky who saw three niggas in the lobby and left because it's like, well, I know where I am and I'm not afraid of, like, I'm not afraid of the people that live around me. Do you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, I don't treat the people that live 
around me as ghosts. Like they're people. Like I'm I'm friends with my neighbors. I talk to my neighbors. Like I engage with my community. So I think, you know, the for me, the definition of gentrification is someone who does move into a neighborhood and treats people as if they're invisible. And, mm. you know, and I think in that same breath, you treat them as if they're invisible, but also you see them when they are being too loud. Right. Like, so you mm. call like you call the police when, you know, there's a domino game on Franklin Ave. And it's like, well, motherfucker, that shit's been going on for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry. <laughs> what, wh- how are you coming in here and policing? Right. This isn't your fucking neighborhood to do that. Mm-hmm. So right. I think to me that that's, again, it's a very complicated for me, a complicated uh, layer in space, but the, the crux of it is like, do you treat the people around you as ghosts? And then do you call the police on them when they are just living their lives mm-hmm. or in general, don't ever call the police because they're not good people. It's not going to help the situation. Nope. I, I have a very random question. That's not that random, but I've been thinking a lot about identity and I do recall. So listeners, if you don't know, Jim and I used to actually work together at a very prestigious school. Mm-hmm. We were teaching um, not that many brown or black faces. And I feel like we would talk about like racial issues and like stuff like that. How is it? Cause I'm also thinking about the holidays and I don't know if this was your experience this year or in past years, but being that you are biracial, when you like go back to the white side of your family, do you have like discussions about around like race and stuff? Well, um, not especially. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'll say like um, my, the white, like I don't have a lot of like bloodline family left. Like I'm in my forties and you know, it's just like there isn't, and I am from small enough family. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like the conversations uh, around race with the white side of my family, I can only, I'll speak to like, uh, past, past conversations. I can't really give Mm -hmm. you present because they're not really happening. Um, is like the white side of my family really lent itself to what I would consider to be like liberalism of like the sixties of just like, I like Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King done. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. actually, the needs of Black people have changed over the years. And Mm -hmm. perhaps there's a little bit more to it than I have a dream, right? Like, there's, so there's that, right? Of just like, I guess to really give you like a picture of like the white side of my family is that like, yeah, I like MLK. So like, how could I be a racist? And it's like, well, pretty easy, actually. you, Mm -hmm. You grew up in America, so... You know what? We are having Shade and I and some other friends are having a kind of interesting conversation recently about whether or not we would send our kids to private school. And I was like, "Yeah, I want to send my kids." I also taught where Jim and Chelsea taught. I I don't know that I think about private school at large, but I would love if my kids went to that school just because I really liked their approach particularly to like early childhood education and some of the teachers I got to work with, if those teachers could teach my kids, I would love that. 
Um, but we were talking about like the ways I was explaining kind of the way our curriculum at the school that we taught at would really like lean into teaching about race and identity um, and like having like these little white kids would be kind of reckoning with their privilege very young and quite early. And was it you ish reckoning ish, I guess. Yeah. Ish, whatever. I mean, we did some wild stuff in one of my classes. Like it was OD. Like kids was like, feeling mad bad about themselves good good laughing um they'll be fine they have a lifetime of not feeling so bad yeah yeah you were like well maybe you were shade i think it was you that was like i mean if we're gonna like teach like a bunch of teach in this way that like white kids are understanding their privilege and all that type of shit does it help for black kids to go to that school maybe it's just white kids go to schools like this and they pay and then all the money goes to like black people or like Mm black needs or to black schools how do you have the concept my would you send your kids to private school i think it depends on the child but my niece is actually at middle school at the school that we all taught at currently and she came home the other day and she was like who do i need to talk to about having us talk more about black people at school she was like, we don't talk about black people at all. And I guess they have like what? introduction pump up music and my family's Trinidadian. So she picked a Soka song and she was yes. like, the teacher still hasn't played it. Oh, no. <laughs> like they just keep playing like the pop songs. No. Yeah. So no. that school's not perfect. I would say it's one of the better options in that I, world. I would but- say... If I could, I'll just jump in real quick. I would say it's the least racist place uh, that you'll get because (laughs) everywhere is going to be racist. But I would say in my experience, that was the least racist. Of the private Um, schools. Uh Mm. Correct. Mm. Um, But to answer that question, I don't know if I would want to send my kid to a private school, to be honest with you. Um, I think... A lot of what uh, private schools, uh, by and large, um, do is manage white supremacy. Mm. You don't dismantle them. You, you, you shift people around. Mm. Someone does something racist, do you fire them? Nah. You move them somewhere else. So it's like, I, I don't know if I would necessarily, I don't know. That's, that's from what I've seen, right? Uh is how they it's just i don't know if i'd want that for my kid because mm-hmm. you yeah. fuck around my kids say some racist shit you th- i'm front and center <laughs> i'm from the west side of binghamton i'll show up <laughs> west side <laughs> yeah i binghamton? for one i'm not paying all that goddamn money that is just <laughs> not happening like and also there's some bomb not. ass public schools public school like, i'm like you go to public school we could mix in some like home schooling, home education for the money that I'm paying. I could probably have a tutor come over here, teach you fucking Mandarin, Spanish, <laughs> German in the crib weekly and still be saving money like 50,000 yeah. for a damn three year old. Hell no. Yeah. It depends. I think it depends on the kid for me. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's shitty. It's like a lot of the stuff I saw, it was like, this should be a given, like, this should be a, 
everybody should have this type of stuff. Like we're, I'm talking about just like supplies. Like my classroom just had a bounty of supplies. And it's like, just because people, Oh, I was saying you're back, you're back. my classrooms I taught in just had so many supplies, just yeah. like all the paper, all the crayons, all the random blocks, the mm-hmm. a whole imaginative area. And some of the stuff was random, like a bin of old shreds of clothing that kids just <laughs> made stuff out of. But like everybody that should were like have Gucci shreds of clothing. Right, that part. <laughs> like Prada, like a Prada t-shirt that was Prada like five hundred dollars. Like I yeah. don't wear this anymore. But like, it shouldn't cost like fifty k for a kid no. to go to school and have crayons. No, right. Well, and that's yeah. the that's the rub of it, right? Is like you hear and like I can only speak to the stories I've heard, uh, but just like how you have teachers in public school who like come out of pocket for like oh, yeah. their supplies mm-hmm. or like how you have to bring your printer paper with you to the printer or to the copier rather. And then you pull it out because mm-hmm. it's your stash, right? Like, I, so I don't know yet. Yeah, like that is one of the things that private schools do up. You got supplies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was in public issue. school, I was fighting too. I didn't see that many fights in my time at private school. Okay. I was fighting in public school, but the first year, and this is not, this is, I understand mental health, emotional needs, but one year everyone was cutting themselves and that was a trend. The second year, the third year, everyone was bulimic. The fourth year, everyone was using diet pills and getting fucked up. And (laughs) there were only three black people in the whole school. Then one black girl who we all know was drinking, doing stuff with all the other same white people, and she got kicked out, and they all stayed. What? Mm. I, for one, am shocked. There's disparity of justice. Uh. What? <laughs> so, listen, I'll take a little rough and tumble so you know how to handle these streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Right. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, yet again, another upstate understanding is I remember when I was uh, working in the private school game, went to, like, a high school basketball game, and like the school I worked for his team lost. And in my head, I'm just like, so when do you beat up the other team? <laughs> Fight them, Shut right? Because you lost. You have to go beat them up. And I was like, no, Jim, actually, you just shake hands and then you go to your summer homes. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> you go to your summer homes. Oh, my God. My, yeah. my B, my total B. I'm like, oops, my we dad. don't do that here. I just, you know, yeah. I love that my kids would talk to each other and be like, I really felt this when you said that. And next time I would like you to do this. And the person, the other child would listen. Sometimes they were just reciting the shit, but it's still language, you know? There's also beauty in that age, too. Yeah. I will say as they get older, it's not so cute and innocent. I think well, it could be fostered in any environment, environment but mm, the environment has an to be. overworked teacher. Right, but it has to be invested school. in. I think you're like going back to like what's that movie that with Morgan Freeman? Lean on me. Lean on me. It's like <laughs> I haven't been in the public school system in a while, but I also know like kids in the public school system, and it's not like that. Depending on where you're going, I don't know. What's right, going on depends on the school. Right, some schools are like, like that. Erasmus. It might still be like, ratata, but I. Think- Barbara Streisand went there. <laughs> Put that on there. There's also yeah. like metal detectors there. Um, yeah. I I think that like your Stuyvesant Heights community is is okay. 
no, my Stuyvesant Heights elementary school has like failed. It's about to close. Which that one? Sad. Not the Malcolm X one. No, the Bedford Village School. At least last I heard, I had some people that were teaching there. They're like, oh yeah, we're in a bad way. It's real bad. Damn. About to get shut down. But imagine yeah. if just me, you, and Jim took our fifty thousand dollars and invested it in a local school. That's one year of tuition for your white school. Imagine <laughs> for your white ass school <laughs> with your mayonnaise curriculum. <laughs> Learning, learning all about George Washington and his fake wooden teeth. Oh my God. Oh my God. Remember the Abraham Lincoln? That thing was crazy. I can't believe they still did. That was absolutely insane. And they refused to let it go after have, all the uh, black teachers were like, it's not cool, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh God, wait, what did they that. do? It was just like this, like, very like idolization of Abraham Lincoln, where all the kids would dress up as Abraham Lincoln for a day and walk around they were like little to all of the classrooms and tell you amazing facts about how great Abraham Lincoln is. Like little kids coming into your classroom, like Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. And ah. this- <laughs> and <laughs> yes, it- <laughs> and we were like, no thanks, we don't want them in our classroom. Yeah, that's yes. that's okay, man. Because like, but then that but then that begs like you know how deep into like i think you know how deep do you go into the story of american history with kids that are in like first grade second grade because it's like Mm -hmm. you can't be like well lincoln freed the slaves because he was losing the war he didn't give a fuck (laughs) about black people Mm -hmm. (laughs) so maybe you could i feel like you could well i think well so but to that point right is like how do you do that, right? Because I think that there is like developmentally appropriate stuff that you can teach kids, but then there's other things that it's like, well, that's for sixth and seventh grade. Like, I think you can talk about slavery across the board. Like, I think that that's something that you have to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's, there's layers and nuance to a lot of American history that like, and rightfully so, is what you learn as you get older, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you can learn the con- you can learn the uh, the content of it, but the nuance and the depth, like that's when you get older, and it's like because you're old enough to fucking handle that shit, man. Damn, like, I'm not ready to tell it. Fucked up. I'm not ready to tell a kindergartner about like the fucking triangle trade. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, who's also biracial, she's. Our, all of our friends, she went to this very black school because her mom, you know, wanted her to understand you are a black girl. And she said in kindergarten, they watched Amistad. Yes. She said she well, still remembers it. That's OD. Listen. <laughs> I was like, wow. She's like, that's, yeah, I remember the film very wild. well. That, but I do it. think there is merit, especially if we're going to talk about like racism, like I don't know. I don't like the idea of like, it's just definitely a balance because I don't want the black kids to feel like they're less than, mm-hmm. but I also don't want the white kids to feel like they're like heroes that they like did well, all the work by themselves because they I were think, just nice people. <laughs> like, I think also you know. to that point, Chelsea, and this is important across like all things uh, curriculum wise, if you are talking about black folks in America, is that like, so black history didn't start with slavery. 
Mm-hmm. Like black folks were fucking doing all sorts of incredible things and doing dope shit in Africa. Like mm-hmm. th- there's stories of like, how do you think the fucking pyramids were built? Like, what are we talking about here? Right. Mm-hmm. But then so it gets like, so controversial, Jim, because there are people. Well, not, I was not, I wasn't going to be talking about the Edo stuff. I was going to talk about, I think recently it was Kevin Hart who said yeah. in a recent special, he said something about, you know, black people could come from Kings and Queens. He, it was in a comedy special. I haven't seen it yet. Right. Um, and the, and you know, we did the pyramids and Egyptians gave him backlash because they were like, how dare you try to claim what our people did? And then there are historians people or people who, yeah, that's what I believe. And there are people who study ancient Egypt and, you know, even like studying like biblical stuff and like all of the writings and the art, which would tell you that all those people were black or at least dark skinned with like coarse hair. Mm-hmm. But then there are people that use only DNA and it would say that those people are more white, but the people who own those DNA companies, now I'm getting in my conspiracy bag. But anyways, Ooh. it's just a little hairy. No, because I said to those DNA people, why are y'all so pressed? It definitely seems like there's, this, you know. Yeah, gonna of say, course man, they're going to say they're white. <laughs> but even if we take man, Egyptians and pyramids out of it, there were like kingdoms, kings, queens. There mm-hmm. still are all over Africa, west, east, middle, south. We right. were brushing like, our we teeth like, and washing our to... bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we don't have to necessarily hang our hats on uh, the pyramids when we could, like you said, Chade, like, go to, like, history in Africa. Like, there Period. were civilizations yeah. that were happening here, right? So, like, it just, it didn't start with slavery. Like, that is not the entire, it's part of the story, mm-hmm. but it is not the entirety of the story. Um, and I think that's yeah. important to emphasize when you are teaching children about black folks. We about to start yeah. school, y'all. What I, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Well, <laughs> hold on a second. Listen, if we're going to start taking Jim donations, I've mix. seen this happen. <laughs> What's your boy? My cash um, app is donations. dollar sign Charles Pinky. Yeah, my Venmo's at james-search-1. Uh, hit me up for all your school needs. <laughs> oh yep. my god wait what's that man's name again the hotel umar oh dr umar? yes yeah i don't fuck with umar sometimes <laughs> i'm not i, I like chelsea him wants him on the show i do that's i would love it i would love that i would love that he's always on i remember i was at a i was at a show i was at a show in uh newark comedy show shout out brick city review shout out my man justin williams um i was at that show and um, I was there with a friend of mine, white dude, and I stepped out uh, to like go to the bathroom, get grab a drink during my friend's set. And then we left, my, Mike and I left, white dude, mind you, again, this is very important to the story. We're mm-hmm. in an Uber and Mike just goes, who's Dr. Umar? <gasps> I'm like, what? I'm like, That's what a conversation sort of like, starter. What did I yeah, miss? Like, like, yeah, like minutes. what sort of Breakfast Club interviews are you watching at fucking two in the morning at the house, dog? And also, I'm 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 sorry, Mike. You ready to talk about Dr. Umar right now? <laughs> and Dr. then let's get into it. And then I connected the dots, 
And the comic was on stage talking about Dr. Umar while I was oh. out. So now this started to make sense. But initially, I'm like, Mike, you trying to you trying to donate to the fun? You trying to get that school built, man? We need that he's school to open. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I think I'll send my kid there. He's like no. a reasonable school. <laughs> oh my man. god, man! Better, Jim. Off, though uh, before we yeah. go, we all actually really wanted to offer our condolences to you because you did. Have a lot of loss last year. Um, yes. Appreciate and that. you've been sharing a lot the ways that your community has come out to you. I mean, come out, like, come out in support of you. And I think that that's super beautiful. And I guess I was kind of wondering how you look at comedy's place in times of sadness, in times of grief. Um, For people who are experiencing grief or people mm-hmm. like... Yeah, I mean, I guess um, when I think about it, I think like in my family, like people still find ways to like laugh or make jokes about people when they passed and like, you know, find levity. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I've always, I mean, that's always kind of been my, <laughs> that's been my lane. That's how I've processed mm-hmm. a lot of the sadness and grief in my life is through laughter and just having the levity of it. Like, you know, if you if you if you if you're not gonna laugh if you if you can't laugh at this you're gonna die like you gotta fucking find some humor in it obviously you have to you have to process and you gotta cry and get that shit out but man if you can't laugh at some parts of this like because there's so many things that happen that are just so fucking crazy that if you don't laugh at it yeah mm-hmm. you'll go insane because it's just like this is wild case in point and I'll, I'm not going to, I won't name, I'm not going to drop names on it, but this is like why I like laugh at most of the shit that's happened to me at this point. Um, I'm in the process of uh, planning uh, my mom's celebration of life. And uh, I was inviting people and uh, somebody uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, I have to go to a bar mitzvah that day. Can you reschedule the funeral? What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what my sister in christ what <laughs> you want me to yeah christ. <laughs> that is like, so tacky it's what? so it's so fucking tacky right but also it's like what sure like <laughs> right imagine what am I supposed of course to say to like yeah no problem let me just yeah but that you know, is look bonkers I'm I la- like obviously I was horrified in the initial split second, but I then had to laugh at it and be like, right. "This is absolutely hilarious that this thought was in your mind, and you said, you know what, Jim needs to know." And I what did ask. you reply? Right. I'm dying to know. So Shade, okay. that's a great question. <laughs> um, so I thought about a couple different ways to reply to this, but then I thought about. I thought about it a little bit more and I said, you know, it's kind of like jazz. It's like, it's not the notes that you hear uh, or it's whatever it is, right? It's like you hear the notes that you don't play. So uh-huh. I wrote to her, no, comma, I will not reschedule a funeral, period. Period. Because I want you to read those words and I want you to say them in your head. Mm-hmm. Right. I want you to read, I will not reschedule a funeral. Because I want you to see what the gravity of that is. Yes. 
because I and don't like, need to be what like that question you, was that you asked me. Yeah. Right. Like you dusty, you dusty broad. No, <laughs> fuck off. Like that's a lot of words, but I really could get that in there with just no comma. I will not reschedule the right. funeral period to which she said, I know. I just thought I would try and ask. Oh, huh? not the double down. Why did she you did. try? Why did you think not? Should have been an immediate that. apology. Right. I'm going to let you what? guess the shade of that person. We know what that was. Clear. Chelsea. Palm colored. Hmm. <laughs> Palm colored. <laughs> I would have. I would have also accepted uh, as white as being thrown out of a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> That's also kind of white. That's... Damn. Oh man. Well. Well. I'm glad you're finding like that's 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 something I'm that is that's crazy. I'm flabbergasted yeah. actually. It is it is yeah. It is so wild that those words left uh someone's phone and then flew across their the br- if it left their brain first. It came mm-hmm. out of this thing that we use to yep. decipher and, they hit send. and make decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and said Man, I I wonder if Jim can just uh, you know shift that around to a Sunday. Do you know that what I so probably strange. would have said? I would have been like, sure. Like, what day and time is good for you? Like, Ooh, that would have been so good. Complete yeah. asshole. Because I'm like, you <laughs> clearly think that my life revolves around your dumbass schedule <laughs> and your dumbass mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that'd have been great. Just like so, yeah. What do you think? You gotta get a better time. You gotta, we yeah, could do not this. that Bamisos are dumb. We stand with the no, 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 no. Oh God, yes, please, Jesus Christ, don't cancel me. I've what, been to many. Watch, she would. I bet you the lady would have came back and gave you um, a day some options. Oh, <laughs> he would have been so white that she'd be like, "Oh, great. So yeah, two thirty Sunday um, <laughs> looks good for me. Um, in fact, do you think you could uh, give me a ride up?" Right. I also have some dietary restrictions that I'd love for you to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, I really um, want you to think about the dietary this. restrictions. <laughs> and can black we... is not my color, so it's right. okay if I so wear purple. You... Yeah, can we switch that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Fucking Christmas. Fucking well, Christ. Sister in Christ, I love my sister yeah. in Christ. Yeah, well, I'm glad and also Shadi, I'm to... glad I could give you something to say because every time I'm on uh, on Franklin uh, Franklin Ave, I hear in my head Udika Udika Udika, <laughs> and now it's from you. In my head, I hear it all the time. Udika Udika Udika. In that dollar, oh, man, baby. Udika Udika. Well, now I will hear my sister in Christ at all times. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. Well, Jim Jam, for our listeners, where can they where can they find you? Where can they keep up? And where can they get news about your comedy album? Yes, um, you know you can find me at Jim Search on all social media. Uh, you can go to JimSearchComedy.com. That's going to be a great place to find the album because I'm going to have a link to the Bandcamp um, for you know for the digital download and digital purchase. If you want to buy the physical copies you can hit me up um on all the social media outlets um and then also you can buy the physicals through uh, gymsearchcomedy.com um in terms of podcasts 
you know, I'm coming back, baby. Uh, open Bar Talk podcast um, where I interview bartenders about the crazy shit they've seen. Swatches and Boomboxes is all about 90s hip hop. Um, so go download that. Uh, it's me and my man, Neil Charles. Uh, we talk all things 90s hip hop. Uh, so go uh, go fuck with that. Yes, absolutely. I love it. We love you, Jim. You're always uh, welcome into the group chat. I'm so proud of you. So proud of all of you, man. You guys are really fucking doing your thing. It makes me so happy to see it, man. Thank you, oh, thank you. So happy that you were able to join the group chat. Yeah, yeah, it's going down in the group chat. The tea got spilled. The tea got spilled. Yeah, we spilled all the tea today, baby. You did spill tea. We know about all your trifling family members. Yeah, you live with a serial killer. The roommate, right? Yeah. Listen, man. I if he's you know if he's on a correctional facility somewhere, he'll be there soon, man. Better watch out. There's too many true uh, true crime podcasts for him to keep doing the shit. So. If anybody's ever brought you a pie on a first date, please reach out to us. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. yeah. Please advise. Please advise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, send that shit back. You know what's in it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And come back to the group chat anytime. Oh, listen. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Stay good. Stay hydrated. <laughs> Bye. All right. Peace. What would you do? And then for what would you do? Did we get any listeners? No. Where are y'all at? Well, listeners. Listen up. Listen up. If you want to send a what would you do, which is our segment where we give advice on whatever you send us, really, you can email us at hello at blackgirlsexing.com. You can also DM us at blackgirlsexing on Instagram or on TikTok. Or on Twitter, it's Black Girls Text One. Thank you for listening. Love you. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye.